Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! This is Charlotte Chung and Fred Tatashore. And you're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live! It's time for your Talk Time Live exclusive. You are now about to witness the strength of geek knowledge. Ladies and gentlemen, on the show with us right now is the writer and director, as well as the assistant director to WayForward's latest game entitled River City Girls, which is a spinoff to the cult classic Konyokan series known as River City Ransom and many more. His name is Adam Tierney and Bannon. And they're here to talk about the work behind this very modern-day RPG beat-em-up. And I welcome them to the show. How, how are you guys doing? Great. Thanks for having us. Oh, I can't tell you. I, I, I basically told you guys, I, I uh, screamed praise of you so many times. I'm big fans of Way Forward. I've been fans of Way, uh, Way Forward since DuckTales came out. And it's just been an ongoing fandom for you guys. So I, it's, it's an honor to have you uh, guys here. Awesome. Thank you so much for having us. Well, thank you. And I mean, my, you know, my name is Bannon Rudis. I thought you meant like how you would say my name to me. <laughs> well, I'll do that. It's not now. like a Madonna situation or a prince. <laughs> hey, look, I did a what is it? A panel at a con just recently uh, with with the artist from Street Fighter, and one of them goes by the name Chamba. So nothing's too out of oh, the world yeah. to me. Yeah. <laughs> <So> <laughs> nothing is way too out of the world for me. I mean, like it is what it is. It's the art world. What can you do? <laughs> but you guys uh, are from Way Forward. You guys had a really great game that just came out. Like I, after reviewing this, after playing it multiple times, I called this the surprise game of the year for me. Because oh, thank you. I, That's awesome. I, look, I went into this game and I play a lot of, you know, um, I guess you want to call it Nindy's games on uh, on the Switch. And when you guys, I would say you guys are a little bit above. Uh, indie at this point, per se. So we're we're still technically indie. Uh, I think we're kind of biggish indie. I think we have around a uh, hundred fifty or so staffers, and we work yeah. on multiple games. But yeah, we're still we're still independent. We've never been owned by anybody other than Voldy Way, our our one owner. So right. you know, a little bit on the big side, but yeah, we're still <laughs> an indie studio. Awesome. And you guys had the opportunity to come out with the latest edition of the River City saga pretty much by way of uh, river city girls and i tell you i absolutely enjoyed this i was not expecting this much production into this game i thought this was just going to be a pickup play really cool looking game really cool fighting no you guys went all out for this game so uh let me ask you how long have you guys been uh, working for way forward actually uh, so I've been there for a long time. Uh, the company's 30 years old, and I've been there about half that time, about 15 years. Wow. And Ben, what about I've you? I've been here for, I would say, about three years now. Wow. Now, it's, it just has to be an awesome experience to be able to 
I want to. I hate to say the term "live your dream," but you're living your reality. <laughs> it's said too much. And and if you were truly living your dream, this would have happened a long time ago. So I would like. I usually like to say you're living your reality, and you guys are doing a hell of a great job in your reality here. Oh, thanks. Like, this was, you know, that I, I was trying to do, uh, you know, all my spare time and whenever I could, and in between lunch breaks when I was a waiter. So now I just do it Monday through Friday full time. It's amazing. There you go. And, I, you know, I always keep telling people, you, you know, you got to work hard to have fun, you know, and it's not going to happen in a day or a week or a month or maybe even the next few years. But if you have fun a, doing it, it just it, it eventually happens. <laughs> yeah. And that is just absolute proof. Can you both talk about the idea of how WayForward worked alongside Arc System Works to put this together? Yeah, absolutely. So basically, um, WayForward, I think kind of one of the things we're known for is kind of reimagining or remaking games. Like, you know, we did the DuckTales Remastered. We'll do stuff like Centipede or Double Dragon Neon where we take like an existing brand and kind of put our spin on it. So we're always looking for opportunities like that. Um, and this was, you know, we, we knew about, uh, the Kunio Kun brand and the river city brand for, for ages. It's, you know, over 30 years old in Japan. And so this was one that we always had our eye on. And, uh, we started kind of doing some biz dev in Japan directly uh, a few years ago and had a meeting with arc system Works. So we said, Hey, here's our idea for this brand. We want to focus on the girls from the super Famicom game, uh, Masako and Kyoko. Right. put them on their own adventure, which, you know, having female like lead characters is, is kind of a very way forward thing. Right. And they just, they really dug it. They liked the pitch and they were on board almost immediately. So we did some back and forth and they came up with ideas. We came up with ideas and put the game together. And, and they've been a really fantastic partner. Basically it's, it's way forward and art co-producing the game. They are the publisher in Asia. We're the publisher in the U S and Europe, but it's been really interesting because they, know this brand so well they bought it i think about five or six years ago and they were you know giving us feedback on what characters to use and what music to use and what locations and then of course their arc system works so they're you know amazing at fighter games so they that was also very useful uh in as we were honing our our combat and kind of figuring out the the flow of that they would give us tips and they would say oh why don't you you know let's try this with a hit stop or let's try this with the timing um, but yeah, it was, it was it was really awesome. And then, of course, uh, we brought Bannon on very early on, and he and I kind of came up with everything. Bannon's got an interesting history in that he was the director of River City Underground before oh, he wow. came to Way Forward, oh, wow. and so uh, he brought all that lore and that experience with him. And then he did all of the combat stuff. If you want to talk about that a little bit, Bannon. Yeah, th- that was terrifying trying to come up with combat that Arc System Works would share around their office, and everybody would try. But, uh, yeah, apparently they liked it. So that kind of gave me a big relief when they first got to test it out. No, actually, not only did you like it, I loved it. I mean, it, it, it really, you get it, it. The attention to detail is what the main focus of this game is. And, and I mean, right down from the character development, the character design, which is totally contrast from the old traditional style, um, you actually, the, the, the fact that one of them uses a stunner it blows my mind. <laughs> that, that's me being obsessed with wrestling so <laughs> more power to you i love it i love i immediately was like oh they got so many cool wrestling moves in here i love this game so much so and not only that something like a stunner compared to how the other girl does like a hurricane rana like right. one is a little more flashy and finessey and one is just a brawling just like 
dirty move. But it distinguished <laughs> their personality, and I love it. You know, and it matches yeah. to the personality based on the narrative and the dialogue that you guys have for them as well. Yep. It, it just works like a charm. And uh, again, kudos to you guys. What was what would you say um, was the biggest challenge for you guys? Um, I mean, hmm. I mean, for I, I you know, also yep. also for my for the stuff that I focused on, it was really just the amount of work, which yeah. was crazy. Um, I mean, because nothing individually is is that hard. We've we've done a bunch of games and we've done a bunch of action games at WayForward, but the thing is that. The Kunio-kun games and the River City games have just everything in the kitchen sink. So it is a brawler. It is a Metroidvania. It is an RPG. It is a stat-driven game. It's it's a story-driven game. It's a quest-driven game. There's just so many systems that you have to do right. just to get the base experience. And then we were adding new systems on top of that, like the accessories system and the recruit system. So, yeah, it, it, nothing individually, um, I think, was overwhelming or like kind of tripped us up. It was just that you know, within the course of around 12 months, it's like, oh, God, we got a lot of stuff to develop. And and hopefully, you know, now that the game's being pretty well received, the hope is we can do more of these because now we've got that foundation. That's what yeah. worked for ARK on their own uh, River City games or their own Kunikun games is they did it once. And then they're like, all right, now we know how stats work. We know how, you know, quests work and weapons and attacks and all that. And it was very much kind of rinse, repeat from there. So I'm really looking forward to, you know, uh, us being able to revisit this, hopefully, if this is game is successful enough, and uh, and now just piggyback on it and just you know dive right into the fun stuff because we've spent so much time on the foundation of it. I would think for me, it was probably the stats because you you have a basic like yeah, this is how I would play the game, and I'd probably be a level twelve by this point. And then you watch other people play it, and you're like, oh, you are playing it completely different, and you're <laughs> kind of overpowered. Like by this point, you're just mopping up the floor with all these enemies because your your stats are so high. So that was probably, if anything, the hardest thing was to try to balance that stuff out because people aren't playing how I want them to play. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what was the, I mean, we talked about um, let's we talked about the voice acting, the manga, and animated cutscenes. Um, the like I said, the narrative storyline, and you know the tradition of the Konyokan you know, games and everything. Was there, was the main idea for this game to give us a presentation and experience like never before, or was there talks about just keeping it traditional? No, I mean, from the very first pitch and the first art we did, we knew that we were going to make it feel very different from the games. And and for people who aren't that familiar with the series, I mean, we've had maybe a dozen or so of them here in the U.S. on, you know, Game Boy Advance and, and NES. But in Japan, there's over 50 games. Like, this has been like a really robust series over the right. past 30 years in Japan. I've played the two, uh, I played the two from Japan before, too. And that's why I, I knew about yep. Misako. <laughs> and it's interesting. It's interesting because in it's one of the only series I can think of, maybe the only series where the character designs, the sprites that they're making, that they're using in the games now are pretty much the same that they were doing in the earliest right. NES games. Like the characters have that same kind of pixely blockheaded style that they did in, in River City Ransom and in Dodgeball. So we knew early on, like in, this was a game that that uh, we didn't just want to appeal to the existing fan base. We wanted to bring in tons of new gamers, so we wanted to have the best of both worlds, like bring in people that have never heard of Kunio Kun, and then bring in you know the the existing fan base. And we knew that a big part of that would be setting its own style because the style is so established for the old games. We didn't want somebody to 
like look at a trailer of this and say, wait, is that the one I already played on 3DS or is that the PS2 one? We want it to be immediately recognizable that it's its its own thing. And then um, so it it was all about like adding that like flashy presentation. So, you know, the the comic scenes and the anime intros and the heavy VO and music with all of the, the vocal stuff like it was really just keeping on as much personality as possible to invite that new audience. And then once they're in there making a really big story that, that they could get into, but also, you know, almost all these crazy characters in our game are from the previous game. So right. that was kind of what we were hoping for is if you're already a Kunio Kun fan, you're probably going to buy it just because you love those games. Mm-hmm. You're going to recognize dozens of characters, you know, in a way forward spin. And for everybody else, they might not know any of these characters. You know, it'll just seem like a crazy, you know, kind of Scott Pilgrim, ish action absolutely you know game the first thing um, i thought when i played that game too immediately when i played that yeah game. and and i think like yeah the game and also just like like you know the movie and the comic like just the the craziness of that sort of thing or another influence is like kill a kill like anything <laughs> where it's just like above and beyond yeah um, we really just wanted very larger than life characters and just you know wall-to-wall funny dialogue over so, the top breaking those... the fourth wall type deal exactly exactly absolutely so with that said, was there any fear of fans not accepting the new look by chance, or did you guys just like they're gonna they're gonna love it? They're gonna absolutely love I it. Mean, I mean, I I wasn't really worried just because I was very you know certain this is what we'd have to do to make it stand out. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'd be curious to see hear what you thought, Bannon, because Bannon came off of working on another River City game that was a little more traditional in the visuals for years before mm-hmm. he came to Way Forward. So I, I remember this was kind of a shock to you, like the direction we were taking it. Did you have any worries about that? Oh, uh, yeah. Like, at first, I, I did fight back on, you know, they've been doing this for 30 years. And then I, I was like, well, they've been doing this for 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> it's, so what, what, especially when we got K. Uh, our, our lead uh, pixel animator on, I was like, oh, this is definitely the way to go. Like, he just brought so much life to these characters. Like, I, I just did quick mock-ups, but once he got on and, like, animated these things, I'm like, oh, okay, this is awesome. Let's keep going. <laughs> yeah. And that was one of my favorite things, too, was, like, because Bannon and I set the story up and the characters early on, and then I kind of focused on, you know, producing the the storytelling the vo the dialogue the character portraits i really loved that on the other side of the production with working with the combat and the enemies that bannon and Kay were maintaining that style because it would be very easy i think to just do very generic but impactful attacks and kicks and stuff but you know the the personality just comes through like kyoko's every attack kyoko does is just super goofy and yeah. silly and joyful like she is and the masaka ones are heavier and more aggressive and you know the boss battles they all just like it, i think that's part of the reason that resonates with people is because it's firing on all cylinders and even down to the individual attacks they reinforce the personality of each character I think that's what created the replay value and enjoyment that I had for it, you know, playing it like, again, multiple times to make sure I get everything that I needed to get to get every aspect of the game and story out of it, you know, and I think it's because of that. And this is this is officially one of my go back to games (laughs) as of now, because there's just so much character and charisma in this game to go back to and enjoy it multiple times over. And like I've played a lot of games and reviewed a lot of games this year. I've not gone back to many of them. And this is one I'm go- I go back to quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, this is this is a game I wanted to keep playing, even though I would be working on it for a year and playing it straight for a year. So right. as long as like 
other people enjoy it. It's like, yeah, because we wanted to make a game that we could keep playing and playing over and over. Yeah. So we didn't go crazy making this game. <laughs> yeah, and I think also like with the combat, I think Bannon's design and what we all set out to do was very smart in that, um, you know, the inputs of the attacks are very simple to pull off. Like they're never, you know, there's no quarter circles or zigzags. It's basically just a direction and a button as you're unlocking attacks. So, you know, like Smash Brothers or Dragon Ball Fighter Z from Arc, they're very easy to pull off. Yes. But the depth that we're seeing now and people chaining those combos together and juggling people in the air and figuring out how to, you know, combo one attack to another and interrupt and jump in and out of them is is really satisfying because I think that's kind of the best of both worlds. If you have somebody who's just a button masher, right. they're going to get through the game and feel like a badass. If you have somebody who knows these kind of games, and especially what Bannon did on Underground was really heavily about you know the combo systems and, and juggling and things like that, right. it's going to satisfy that type of gamer as well. Right. So in the game, there are a lot of hilarious cameos with some of the characters of the legendary beat 'em up uh, Double Dragon, which also Arc System Works uh, owns the rights to and more. Uh, how much creative control did uh, you guys have with the IP from Arc System Works? Oh, pretty much just totally open. I mean, they, they like we basically we we knew early on that we wanted to pull in a little Double Dragon. Just because, you know, Double Dragon is, I think, more popular as a brand in the U.S. than, than River City is. Yeah. But, um, no, they, they just opened the floodgates. They bought the, the rights to all those old Technos games about five or six years ago. And they were actually, like, pushing us, like, oh, yeah, like, put this guy in. Like, like Skullmageddon is, is in from Neon. That was their yeah. suggestion. They're like, hey, can you bring him in, too? And can you bring in this character from Combat Tribes and this character from this other obscure, like, NES game? Like, they were just, <laughs> you know, they got really excited, Ark, about, like, suggesting all these interesting characters to bring in and interesting locations and little, like, nods and stuff to, like, the previous games. Even, like, homage music tracks. Yeah, they were... Once, once they saw what we were doing and, and they saw how aggressively we were trying to bring characters in, um, we just all dogpiled and just kind of all geeked out together on that stuff. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, because I, I love old Technos games, and I was like, I want to use these characters. They're, That's cool. We're going to go deeper because we know more about this. <laughs> and they were characters I had never even heard of. Yeah. So what, between the two of you, what is, your, what is the best part of the, the game that you enjoyed the most? I mean, for yeah, it's the, everything was fun on this. Like, like working on the manga scenes, working on the world was really fun. Like me and Ben and flushing out, like, hey, there should be a mall here and there should be a bathroom here, and you know that was fun. There's so many things like the artists. Uh, working with Priscilla on the portraits, all of it is just really cool. I, I think you know if I had to say what is just like the most single delightful moment for me, it's probably getting in the studio with the actors and hearing. Uh, them bring the dialogue and the story to life yeah. just because you know we know the characters that we wrote we know kind of like okay this is a goofy character this is a serious character <laughs> this is a villain blah 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 but until you really hear them brought to life um you don't fully know it's going to work you, you know it might be like oh maybe this will come out a little more boring than we expected or or this character won't quite work because you know like godai it's like he's a pretty weird character i don't know if people are going to get him but yeah once you get in with the actors and you hear them performing um, that's that's just a really exciting part for me, I think. Yeah, mine was the aftermath. I've never seen that much fan art about something that I worked. <laughs> like yeah, the it was reception true. from fans has been like unanimously like positive. 
Yeah, we we were for a while. We were collecting all of the fan art in a in a thread on Twitter, and this was before the game was released. When it was just trailers and stuff, it, it was like over two hundred images. We stopped before the game was released. Now it's I don't even know. It's I'm sure it's well over a thousand. It's just ridiculous how much pieces of fan art and cosplay and and all this stuff has been produced based on this game. Yeah, and I've seen a lot of it too. It's just it's it's very uh, it, it's an, it's all inspiring to see as an artist, you know. And I can't even fathom for me to see stuff that I worked so many months and so many times and so hard on to get that, you know, that uh, reply back with such praise. And it's just awesome. I mean, the fact that we're here talking about this right now speaks <laughs> says enough. Yeah, for sure. It's weird because sometimes these artists, like you beg them to draw your original characters and now they're just like just doing it. <laughs> they're just drawing the characters. I, I get to see some of my favorite artists do their rendition yeah. of these characters. So, yeah, it's awesome. Like I said, it's a great time to be a fan. <laughs> Definitely. Yep. What, uh, what would you say is your favorite character in this game? If you had to point like one or maybe even two. Hmm. And there's a lot of char- character. There's a lot of characters. A lot of great characters in this game. The question mark character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the, the that's a, an interesting character, and that was one band and said we got to get this in here because they people were begging you to put that in underground. That guy, right? Yeah. But uh, apparently, we got the okay, and then apparently, no, we didn't get the okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so our our our, our uh, uh, yeah garbage um, crane operator uh, with without the name is the one Dan is referring to. Right. Uh, I really liked. Oh, geez, I don't know. I like so many of them, but I, I really like Godai, and I really like. Uh, Sean, uh, Sean Jacksepticeye's performance of him because that was a character where we needed him to be weird and and he's a little creepy but we didn't want him to be so creepy that he's actually off-putting and i think that you know getting that thick excited irish accent from from sean um helped the character straddle that line between off-putting and very appealing and and i thought i thought he just did a, a really good job on them he he was a really fun character and then i think like as we expanded that to to have all of the little optional quests and all his little side dialogues um of him coming I out think of the was, trash can and trash yeah can. yeah yeah <laughs> I, I i thought i thought i thought uh sean the the actor just totally nailed that i felt like once i got to see him more and more in the game that there was some there was a enigma about him it wasn't yep. just a creepy guy. There's something else to this guy because he started talking about having a gang or anything. And I'm like, OK, now I'm really interested in this guy's backstory because what's going on here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think we kind of we figured that out as we went along as we were adding missions. And yet, Godai, it's there's something to him. He's not just some weird kind of stalkery guy. It's like he wants to keep tabs on everybody. He wants to help people out. He wants to clean up his city. He wants to keep people from, you know, getting a little bit too pompous. And this it's a weird kind of like, it's almost like River City is Godai's city and, and nobody else knows it except for him. And the underground. <laughs> and, he, and he's not alone, apparently. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Because it kind of left it open like, okay, there's somebody else working with you possibly. Okay, this can open up to a whole bunch of different things going on. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's got a lot of connections and and yeah. So it, I, that's something that uh, we had a little bit deeper of a, of a kind of story with him planned and didn't get really a chance to unfold it fully. But if we get to do any DLC or, or a sequel, I think we'll delve a little bit more into what exactly is going on with Godai. 
And I say probably my favorite redesign of an original character, like yeah. one of the uh, original River City ones, is Yamada. Mm. Yes. Of how Yamada turned out. So, WayForward is known for, like you, we talked about this briefly in the beginning, um, you know, they're known for revamping and revitalizing some of the, the like, some of our classic titles like Shanti, Half Genie Hero, like you mentioned, DuckTales, and, and much more. But they also, with that, it's not just revitalizing the look, it's also creating a narrative, creating dialogue and, and, and personality to these characters that, like, we've never seen them before. Um is creating narrative for way forward just as important or more important in way forward's game development philosophy i think that it's important to immerse the player i don't think it's important uh depending on the game to always have a really dense story and so i think that's that's kind of the 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 difference for way forward is you know you play a game like this and it's got lots of dialogue you play a game like like our batman game and it's got way more dialogue like that right. was like three or four hundred pages of dialogue because right. it was trying to be like the show but if you play a game like mighty flip champs or mighty switch force there's almost no dialogue it's right. almost just kind of like mimed actions mm -hmm. so i think for us it's important to develop a world to, to make a place where people are curious about what's going on there. People want to live there and go there with their characters. People want to explore it and find all the secrets. Um, so that's the big thing is it's world building and then creating a main character, creating an adversary, creating enemies that they feel a connection to. Those are the main things. And we'll do that regardless of the game. So even if it's the most simple little, even if we were to do like a Tetris style game, I think we would have a very interesting world and engaging characters. Mm -hmm. And then it's really just kind of depends on then how are we doing the story? And so in a game like River City, we decided, hey, we want to have a pretty robust you know, amount of VO, amount of storytelling, different types of storytelling and mixing it up. Right. Um, other games, it's simpler, but we'll always make sure that, you know, I don't think you would ever see a way forward game, especially the original one, where the main character felt boring or forgettable. I, think I haven't played one always, yet. I have not yeah, played one always, yet that it was like that. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Benny, you want to uh, touch on that? Or? No, he, he covered it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so this next question is kind of possibly an NDA question, if you will, so I won't be hurt if you can't answer this, but in the game, we get a chance, and we touched on it uh, pre just briefly, we, you get a chance to uh, see the Double Dragon twins help train uh, the two, technically the four, for hordes of uh, gangs, thugs, and more to save Kunio and Rika, uh, Riki in, uh, throughout the game. We also get a chance to play Kunio and Riki in the game. Is there a chance that we can see Billy and Jimmy and in a future DLC? So, I mean, uh, there's, there's nothing we can announce here. Mm -hmm. and uh, But I will say, yeah, we, we did our Double Dragon game before, Double Dragon Neon, um, right. several years back. And that was probably the last big brawler that Way Forward did before this one. Yeah. And so as this game got announced and as it's come out, a lot of people are saying, we want more Billy and Jimmy. We <laughs> want either them in more River City or yeah. we want a full you know, new Double Dragon Neon experience. So it's definitely something that, I think we would love to do and we're, we're disgusting. And now that, you know, when we did it before it was through Majesco and it was kind of like more of a, you know, a little trickier to like get the license. Now it's just right. Ark owns it. Ark owns all these characters. So it's, I don't know if, uh, if it'll happen. And I mean, I'll, you know, if the game, if this game sells really well, then you'll get more games like this. Yeah. But um, it's definitely something we would love to do. We love these characters. We put them in the dojo because it's like, 
you know, how can we not like, like who else, who else is going to teach you how to kick ass other than, than Billy and Jimmy. So exactly. definitely something that, that we would like to revisit either within river city or within a new double dragon game. If we can in the near future. Right. So the last question that I haven't gotten, thank you both for being on the show. I really appreciate it. This is absolutely awesome to get a chance to hear what you guys have done uh, on that last subject. Yeah. I, I I cannot see it out of context because, you know, we knew who was going in these stores. How did you react to seeing these characters when you went into a store? Because well, I don't get that experience because we placed them in there. I Well, here's the situation. I didn't put two and two together until the puberty orientational day <laughs> <laughs> when I first played it. And I'm like, no, is that a Bobo Bobo? And I had to look back. And I'm like, you know what? This is Arc System Works. It there sure is. Oh, this is going to be awesome. And from there, I just, you know, as I went deeper into the game, I seen all these different cameos. And then going to the store, I'm like, ah, there they are. I'm like, how do you have all <laughs> these enemies and not have those two? And here, you are, here they are, give me, uh, paying, uh, charging me to, you know, fight better. <laughs> no. I absolutely loved it, and I love the fact that Arc System Works not only acquired all of these IPs, but also brought them into a it together and, and immersed them into an assimilated universe. I yeah, yeah. would have never thought of the two to, of to come together, and with the help of this game, I thought you guys really did successfully bring them all in deeper and added even more characters to this and made it even more uh, interesting and intriguing to learn about this uh, universe that's been that not uh, not many people in the states really know how deep this game is which is one of the things that always really upset me is like i didn't realize until later on years later like probably in snes and when i started buying imports that they had this deep of a universe going on yeah, I think it, it it helps that it is River City, and River City is a pretty, like, standard place. It's not like the Double Dragon universe where it's kind of in a post-apocalyptic, like, wasteland right. future. Like, River City, it's like, yeah, these characters could all kind of exist here. <laughs> right. No, it, it, I, I really, no, I really enjoyed it. When I saw the cameos of those two, I was ecstatic, and uh, it just it just brought more fun to the actual game experience. A- absolutely. So the final question that I have is basically, you know, we talked about the fandom that this is that's growing from this game. And you saw the game art and the praise and everything. And if it does sell well, hopefully it'll expand to more. But also, have you guys possibly thought about even going deeper? Because with the what you guys doing animated clips and manga clips with the voice acting, you created this world in person and personalities. I saw this as so much more potential. I mean, has it ever been thoughts of animated series, comics, or manga, if possible, if, if continues to be successful? I think it's something that we would definitely be interested in. What's What's nice about the owner of Way Forward, Voldy Way, is he is really open to anything. So if if something came along where it's like, hey, somebody wants us to do a cartoon, it'd be like, all right, well, now we're making cartoons too. Like, we're not just, um, you know, we don't have to be only games. That's just kind of what we've yeah. mostly been up to this point. And uh, no, I'd, I'd be all over it. It's, it's kind of funny. The uh, one of the people that reached out to me on on Twitter after the game was released was David Jaffe, the director of the original God of War games. Yeah. And wow. and it was funny because he was like, oh, I love this game. And <laughs> and he started like pestering Netflix to make it a show. And that was just the, the most surreal thing. It's like all right, the, 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 the God of War guy wants our little game to become a Netflix animated series. And he's adding 
like uh, Netflix to try and make that happen. I'm like, all right, yeah, we're on board. But yeah, I think I think uh, I think what we would we'd love to do stuff like that. I don't think we would ever want to do that as opposed to game. So it'd probably oh, right, be right. more of like, yeah, it would, it would be exactly. It would be more of a sense of like, all right, well, how do we make this happen? How do we do cartoons or comic books or, or whatever? Right. And don't, still don't have stop me one and, market for another. Exactly. And still have <laughs> no. people like me and Bannon, like actually doing the games. But yeah, if we could figure out a way to do both, I, you know, you can tell just from watching this, we love cartoons. We right. love comic books. Like that's why all that stuff is in there. So I would love to see these characters expanded. beyond. I've never the watched a comic or cartoon in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what these things you're talking about. You're like the John Woo of video games. I see. <laughs> well, Bannon, yeah, Bannon, you can do the uh, the adaptation to wrestling. You can do the, like the, <laughs> oh, the, be awesome. the character arcs and you know Masako in the ring and everything. Hey, look, hey, I hey, have look. a friend that is a wrestler who is trying to cosplay as one of the girls. So that's awesome. <laughs> I, that is fantastic. I need a link to that one. I mean, no, honestly, when you he said Netflix, I was thinking Adult Swim because the the oh yeah the comedy is very much in that level of ten o'clock. PM, eleven o'clock PM, so to speak, and I was yep. like, "There's there's so much potential in this game. I, I really want to see more from this." So, yeah, fingers crossed. Maybe one day. Absolutely. Again, kudos to you guys. Kudos to the entire team at Way Forward. Thank you guys for even coming on to this uh, this forum to talk about this. I really appreciate it. What's next for you guys? Actually, that you can announce. Yeah, just hanging out, you know. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm not I'm I'm working mostly on on biz dev stuff and I'm I'm kind of setting up some new projects. Uh, Bannon is currently part of the Shantae team. So oh, you yes. saw the first part of the Shantae game released on Apple Arcade. He's working on the new Shantae game right now, among I other things. So looking forward to that game. I I literally I think own all of the recent ones that have, that you guys have published so far. Uh, I, they're just so enjoyable. I mean, again, I mean you you guys really master like 2d side scrolling to a T and then adding so much more personality to it and engulfing everybody in, in into their, into the world. It's just awesome. I got, actually I do have one more question. I don't know if you guys sure. will be able to answer this one last important question, because this is near and dear to me. Is there any stinking chance that you guys thought about bringing DuckTales to the switch or if there's a way that can be done? Uh, yeah, I mean, so I think, I think it, I believe it, the game was just taken down digitally like a, like a few weeks ago or something. Yeah. So all of that is like, it's always agreements between the publisher. Like, so Capcom licensed it for five years or whatever yeah. with Disney and, and, you know, with way forward. Um, we've done stuff like that. Like we actually, we ported the game to iPhone, um, Which I uh, like a yeah, 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 like a few months or a year or so after the original one. So it's all possible. Yeah. Um. At, at this point, I think it would just be, you know, it, it, if enough people wanted that, the people to, to, to ask would be Capcom. If you, you know, if the audience, you know, told Capcom, hey, we want DuckTales brought to modern consoles, that's something Capcom could say, hey, let's make this happen. They could reach out to WayForward. And then we've got specifically developers at the company who can just adapt content that, you know, not not creating it's more of a programmatic effort at that point. So, right. but no, it, it, I th we, that's one of our, you know, I think the best games we've ever worked on. I, I'd love to see it on modern consoles. It's one of my all time favorite games. And the fact that you guys remastered it and it was just, I, I they were, it was virtually flawless. Oh, thanks man. <laughs> my opinion. I mean, just right down to the T I still play it on my, uh, on my mobile, on my iPhone. 
and it's just it's absolutely awesome and uh, again commend you guys thank you so much for being a part of the show uh i really hope that we could get you back on and talk about anything that you guys got going on in the future yeah anytime Thank you so much. Folks, I hope you really enjoyed this very special episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live exclusive. On behalf of myself and Adam and Bantam, all I got to say is learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. We are out of here. Take care. This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality.